Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The following documents and recordings are the sixth installment in a compilation detailing the events of Graham Kasner's return to Svalbard, following the occurrences of Outpost Freestead and Base Camp Piedra. Mr. Kasner was accompanied by fellow specialist Drakana Vukovic, archaeology professor Dr. Josefa Guerrero, and oceanographer Dr. Amelia Murray. Dr. Murray remained in the Alison while the others continued to the outpost. In the summer months, Arctic cyclones are the foremost type of hazardous weather present in areas across the northern Atlantic, northern Pacific, and North Seas. Capable of developing tumultuous sea conditions, impacting sea ice, dropping heavy precipitation, and resulting in avalanches, these Arctic cyclones can severely impact the lives of local populations. During these storms, travel is not advised. The White Vault. Following the previous installment, the team in Outpost Freestead settled in for a short period of rest after fleeing from Nialasan by snowmobile, though it became increasingly clear that Mr. Kasner could not relax while inside the outpost. The first file in this collection comes from the body camera of Dr. Josefa Guerrero. She left the others to work on the radio while she took time to explore the small bunker. In the video, 
daughter Guerrero has removed her body camera and has sat it next to her on the back of a chair. She is seated in the outpost's small bathroom, placing a chair in the shower for her to sit, and has positioned the wall mirror atop the toilet. She is speaking directly to the mirror and to the camera. Dejaré esto con ellos. Escuché susurros y tengo una reunión. Espero poder convencerlos. I will leave this with them. I heard whispers and I have a meeting. I hope I can convince them. And I know how much this is worth to me, to them, to all. We have made it here. Outpost Fristed, an entrance, Graham says, to another of the sites. It's operated by Sitcha Group, some kind of mining and energy company out of Iceland. We're south of the border to a national park, approximately 30 to 35 kilometers northeast of Nialesund. Everything looks untouched by human hands. We drove out here on snowmobiles. I cannot remember the last time I drove a snowmobile, although I guess I did not drive. I was just a passenger. From Nihalesund, a playground of the change things. See, I'm beginning to understand it now. It took too long to learn, far too long. They are the changed. These are two outcomes to those who have seen it, searched for it, wanted it. They've seen it and they are taken. They've seen it and they are changed. Which am I? How does one have to change to be changed? Or the taken? I will wait and see. These are two possible outcomes for those who have seen it. So, what are the other possibilities? All of our information is still speculative, a theory. Lucas knew more. He was the taken who wished to be the changed. But before he was taken, he knew. He knew something hidden. And it's not possible to hide this alone. That side was too significant to fade away. It didn't fade. It was concealed. Like here. The side that rests somewhere beneath this ice has been known and has thusly been hidden. So there is, at least, a third. The Keepers. Yes, I will be there soon. Please, a few moments more. There are no parallels I can draw. There are no contemporaries. I fear I will lean too heavily on speculation and personal experience. Dr. Oreta would have thrived, and I could certainly use her help. Oh, no. Carito, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't go back. I'm too tired. I tried for years to chase a life I wanted. The American job was supposed to restart my life. I feel more and more into the trap. Armchair archaeology, armchair life. <sighs> then there was Mattel. I found happiness and love in a man who doesn't love me back. Some, but not as much as I hoped. Not as much as I needed. The happiness was short-lived. I'm tired of being unhappy. I've done something right, my students. 
they have so much potential and so many opportunities ahead of them. I hope I give them the tools to see that. I hope they know to seize, not to wait. Like how? <laughs> He's so willing to make a fool of himself. Willing to put himself in danger. To chase his ambitions. He reminds me of me. Too younger and less worn. Enthused about life and all it has to offer. I hope he holds on to that hope for longer than I did. Long enough to find what I couldn't. <sighs> I can't see it anymore. Those original ideas and hopes. I don't know why I'm feeling all this now. Maybe it's regret. It has to get a turn before time runs out. <sighs> But I can't seem to see anything except this purpose. When does the past matter? When it is this? This is what I need to find. I see it as though it's already done. I will not allow it to go on forgotten. It's too important, but too dangerous. If I succeed at this, it will save young, enthusiastic students like Hall from having to face down death for this truth. Knowledge of the truth, its pursuit, It's too enticing. People, countries, kings and popes have fought over perceptions of truth for all of recorded history. Yes, I know. I'll be there in a moment. Dr. Guerrero turned around and stopped the recording there. At one point in the video, at the time she recounted her students and Simon Hall, a shadow can be seen walking up to the door of the bathroom and standing behind her. The form is obscured through the frosted plastic shower curtain. A review of both Mr. Kasner and Ms. Vukovic's body camera show that they had not left the radio and that the shadow was not a result of their movement through the bunker. Following this recording... Dr. Guerrero placed her body camera in Miss Vukovic's gear pack, though this action was not caught on camera. Concurrently, at the site in northern Sweden, I continued my line of inquiry with my mother. We were seated in small cloth camping chairs, just inside the entrance of the massive stone site, using a crate of equipment as a small table for a metal carafe of coffee. Even as it grew later into the evening, the sun was still up. During a moment of pause when my mother took time to compose her response, we were notified by Vida, a site preservation specialist and member of the family in charge of Cedar Group site, that we had a visitor. We turned to find a statue. The grotesque, angular reindeer encountered previously had moved into the front hall with us, though it stood further back in the cave and was concealed by rocks and shadow. I never heard it arrive, nor any other sounds I would have expected from the movement of such a large piece of stonework. This recording begins with a slight overlap of the previous playthrough. Wait. Within? We have a visitor. Yes, I am surprised the others have not arrived. Sometimes new members of the family visiting the site for the first time draw a slight audience. They are curious to get to know you. 
How? What did you mean earlier when you said within? What's in there? You called it the antechamber and the stones a door. A door to where? To what? The vault door, the stone doors in the antechamber, lead somewhere. With our recent undertaking to better understand the sites, we've started to measure anything we can about what lies beyond. Radiation readings, looking for patterns in the light emissions. We have even attempted to send in a camera. We know a family in China is similarly experimenting with their site. But most, if not all other families, are content in maintaining the cycle. We want to maintain and understand. But what is beyond the door? We don't know. No one wrote it down thousands upon thousands of years ago, if ever they knew. It won't simply open when we ask. No one has gone through those doors since the original matriarchs and their children first stepped through during the parting, and in doing so, populated the sites. Dr. Delatore went in? Yes, but where did that bring her? She was not of the family. Those others who are taken in are either gone forever, or they reappear at a different site, dead. So you don't know what is in there? But you know it kills people, and that it is somehow responsible for a myriad of disasters. And what happened to Dr. De La Torre has happened before. Yes, even here. I think it was in 1940... 1942. Yes, thank you, Vida. In 1942, one of our preservation specialists at the time called down to the city to report a strange find. The remains of a man who was last known to be in Nepal... After contact with a local family, we learned his hiking expedition had been selected to feed the deactivation of the local Himalayan site. And somehow, when pulled in by the Formindr, something went wrong, and he ended up laying across the floor of our antechamber. So you don't know? Whatever it is, though, the guardians Formindr are feeding it, protecting it, or placating it. And by doing so, and by helping them, the families protect themselves and hold back catastrophic events. To an extent. And benefit. How can you make these decisions without knowing what's on the other side? Or between? It's selfish. I am reluctant to choose to kill someone without all the facts. So you will let others die in their place? You will risk not only your family... My family?! Until recently, you were a perfect stranger. My mother was dead for over two decades. You will risk not only your family, but the lives of others. If we do not do this, it gets worse. It is really that simple. If this is a monster, then we are its keepers. If it is a god, we are its supplicants. And if it is an unknown... We are its barrier. After the losses I have suffered, and the history that I have been forced to assess and have come to accept, I cannot abide more death if it is within my power to stop it. So, by all means, ask your questions, feel angry or upset, express discontent and disappointment, but make your choice. 
you had to make an educated guess, what would you assume is behind the doors? Hunger. Not just for little bits of flesh and the physical, but for minds and thoughts. Something warm. The vault doors act like valves, releasing energy and pulling in the cold. And something older than humanity. The valves connect our side to whatever waits inside, in the vault. And since the sites were built around the valves, so how long before all of this did the vault exist? Yes, a hunger. And for all of this, we feed it. And the Thulminthar? What do they get out of this? We know they like the sites. They stay close and only leave them if required. They do not even enjoy the cold, but they bear it. There is something in it for them, but we don't know what. The source of their animation and purpose remains a mystery. Attempts at direct communication have proved fruitless, not in any sustainable manner. They maintain an order, bones to the ossuary and the like. Have you made a decision? Take a little time, walk around the site, feel what's at stake. Be careful though not to disturb anything. The Forminther won't abide recklessness for long, even from us. Can you hear me? Perfect. Can you hear me, Svetha? Who's there? I heard you! Who's there? Did you need something? No, thank you. Actually, there is an ossuary at this site, correct? Yes, of course. Would you like me to lead you there? Yes. This way. How did you react when you found out? I was uh, angry. I had felt as though my mother and my family had lied to me. Not lied. Um, there's a, a word. It was like they tricked me. I hated them for having so easily tricked me. It took a few months for me to come to terms with it. People do terrible things for the people they love and for others. But I am not head of any family and I don't have the burdens you have, so... <clears throat> anyway. 
all of this is very different from the Svalbard site. <laughs> but also very much the same. And none of you can read this? The language is lost to all of you? Yes. Those who are hunted by the Forminder, who see the truth and are then seen in return, can begin to understand it. But they are taken in the end. <clears throat> the ossuary is just up here. Mind your footing, there is water on the stones. Oh, let me turn on the lights. It's terrible. <laughs> well, it's a room of bones. Did you expect something else? No. This is exactly what I expected. What are these from? Those are the vertebrae of a fin whale, and that is a reindeer skull. And these? That is the skeleton of a long-past forminder. Before its transformation, we believe it was a cave bear. The species went extinct over 20,000 years ago. It reaches the ceiling. Why hasn't this one disarticulated? Look at the areas where the bones meet. All the Forminder skeletons are in a similar condition. We've never seen one lie. Some days we just come down here to find a new set of strange and articulated remains. See, their bones are fused. We, we don't know why. I, I personally think it is a marker of old age, but don't take that idea with any value. It is just a thought. Can you leave me here for now? I know the way back to the entrance. I need to think. Of course. I spent an hour sitting on the floor of the ossuary, a small raised rock surrounded by a sea of bones from the monstrous to the minuscule. To reach the ossuary from the anatomical theatre, Vida had led me through the small dark doorway beneath the anatomical theatre's seats. There was a long hall of carved stone, but no designs or glyphs along the way. There was no longer any natural light as the ravine closed up into a cave. Eventually, the path opened up into the ossuary. In the full white of the artificial floodlight, I could see the intense difference in the bones of the Formenthor. They were white and smooth, like disease-free bone, but upon close inspection they had no pores. While I believe I could have snapped an older rabbit's bone with my hand, I do not believe it would have been possible to do so with the remains of a guardian. On the walk back, I took a detour down another hall. It was there that I found living quarters not dissimilar to the ones in Patagonia. The ceilings of the small carved dwellings were very short, but the insides were spacious. In one of the wall nooks, there rested a carved stone figurine. It wasn't perfectly carved like the stone boxes or the glyphs, but roughly hewn with a rounded head and lumpy body. I took it down for a moment to examine the back and sides, but I carefully replaced it before I left. I think it was a doll. When I returned to the entrance of the cave, I was prepared to speak with my mother. This is the continuation of my audio recording. 
How are you feeling? Ask them to leave. Vidare Nils Henrik, gå och ta rast. Ja, pappa. Du kan kalla på oss om du behöver. Var det än må vara. You can never take this back. I'm not speaking about the larger scale. Not about life or death for thousands. With me. You want to have your daughter back, but I'm not going to replace Essie. And if you make me make this choice, it will always stay between us. I know. How can it be the right thing to do? And to benefit from it? No one else can do it. Only those of our family. The daughter of the daughters. We do it. And benefit from it. Or we suffer from it, alongside everyone else. I need more answers. What really happens to the people who are given to Thulminthur? It is gruesome. They are killed. Some parts extracted, and their bodies taken beyond the door. Teeth in the hearts. Why are they in the boxes? Why are the boxes in the anatomical theatre? It is clear that the Furminthur know what they are doing. They understand, to some extent, that they are hurting people. I do not mean the killing. I'm talking about the emotional pain of the people left behind. <sighs> From what we have been able to gather, the theatres were constructed for some kind of ceremony. We have no written records or family memory of the ceremonies. But we believe it had to do with the presentation of the boxes. You didn't answer the question. Keep going. We believe, previously, that the Furminther presented the boxes to the collective family in the theatre. There is only one carving that gave us a hint. It was translated back in 2002. It is here. I'll show you. It's not far. This is one of the side walls. The teeth on the walls? Yes, they are in order. So even more people than the boxes? Yes. Here, these glyphs. What does it say? It was loosely translated and we took time to construct a sensible sentence. <clears throat> We tried to do what was right, and we told them we wished to hold the lost in our hearts and to see their smiles again. Is that a fucking joke? No. No. The Furminther return pieces of the Taken people, pieces they think are important to us. For them, they think they are doing us a kindness... Or so we think. Much of our history is lost to time. Have you made a decision? If you lie to me, 
If you have lied to me, I will find out, and you will have no daughters left on this earth. I have not lied. I have made a decision. Come. Satellite radio. Hulda's assistant gave me the information. This will call out to Outpost Freestead. I will leave you alone. And there is a box by the door which may contain something of assistance. What's in it? Gin. There is gin in the box by the door, if it helps. Graham Kasner, come in. Looking for Graham Kasner, Outpost Freestead. Over. Looking for Graham Kasner, Outpost Freestead. Respond. Over. This is Kasner. We hear you. We've reached Outpost Freestead. Over. Are you still there? Over. Yes. And I have updates for you. We're running out of time. You... First, do you have updates on the state of Nyalasan? Over. Not much since last update. Many dead. Only a few capable survivors in the weather station. We made it out of the town several hours ago via snowmobile. Over. All those people. Graham. The only way to stop this is from within. Dr. Della Torre was pulled through a door carved into the stone of a room with glowing sigils, called the Antichamber. You need to find it. You need to... You need to go through the door. The explosives will only work from deep within. Over. Any idea what killed Rosa in there? Over. Yes, but there is no time. Just be sure to return through the same door you entered in. Don't try to diverse deeper than you need to. That's all. Good luck. Over. <laughs> that was the evening I chose to kill a man. The following recording comes from Ms. Vukovic's body camera and begins at the end of the previous radio conversation. Yes, but there is no time. Just be sure to return through the same door you entered in. Don't try to diverse deeper than you need to. That's all. Good luck. Over. That's it? Seems so. 
She knows more about Rosa and didn't say anything else. Yes, for now. And that call came in over the open channel? All of them. Every open channel received that. It doesn't make any sense. You generally don't enjoy the company of idiots. So I'll assume that Rosa was a superiorly intelligent woman. Given this, if she could have easily avoided dying in there, don't you think she would have? She would have tried. That doesn't mean she would succeed. True. Maybe she's right. If blowing up the site in Patagonia did nothing but piss off a bunch of stone monsters and make it worse both here and in other places, maybe the only way to end it is to inflict damage closer to whatever's inside. Not to say I'm not very grateful for getting the hell off that mountain. Dragana, this is your last opportunity. Get back on the snowmobile and drive away. Fly those survivors out of there. My slatki gloopy prietelio. I'm here to cover your ass. If you're here, I'm here. If anything, give it out to Josefa. Not that I believe she'll take it. Where is she? Not again. Do you know what happened? Can you tell? Did you feel it when it shook the mountain? No lo sabía. Fue Eva. Ella se estaba convirtiendo y ella... She seemed like such a great student, but for her to do such a thing, she knew how important it was. When I saw it, I knew. When you see it, What is she saying? She started the chant. I think she's really gone now, Graham. Who is she talking to? One of those things. I can't see it. Don't look, don't look for it. Auxiliary bunker. Okay, go, go. Last chance. Right behind you. In the brief, quick moments of the body camera footage, where Miss Vukovic did not have the camera facing the bunker wall, she turns to face down the short hallway in which Dr. Guerrero was standing. In mere moments, something thin shiny and dark, rushed behind the professor, grabbed her around the back of the neck with a large bony hand, and pulled her toward the door. It crashed open, and both Dr. Guerrero and the creature disappeared outside the bunker. After they quickly collected their gear, Mr. Kasner and Miss Vukovic rushed outside, following the clear trenches through the snow from Dr. Guerrero's dragging feet. They led, as expected, to the auxiliary bunker, where the hatch stood open. There was no trace of the nest of skin, or the clothing left behind by Mr. Jonas Thorison back in February. 
This concludes the sixth set of documents and recordings from the team's return to Svalbard and completes this section of information regarding their descent into the hatch in the auxiliary bunker at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.